we just wrapped up talking about the amazing physical impacts that music can have, um, especially on Parkinson, Parkinson's patients. And I was wondering if I could kind of combine that with another question, which is, um, how do you judge success as a music therapist? Because I think in a lot of cases, it might be um, more clear than others if you have a very clear end goal in mind versus maybe in other cases where um, where the end goal is 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 a little bit more fuzzy. So I'm wondering, what, what does success look like? Or is success even the right word mm. to the context of music therapy. No, I, I understand the need to uh, to determine when when is this right? When is this doing something? When is it successful? And I, I my pat answer is that it's up to the individual. Mm. Because if the person is satisfied, if the person feels now they have some coping tools, or now they have a way to help them get to sleep finally, or maybe they have a way to help them feel more energy, mm-hmm. or maybe they they have a more spiritual sense in the meaning of, of life and the, the meaning of the beauty in the world and an appreciation of that. Um, that's their goal. That's their success. And it's up to them to determine how successful I am as a music therapist with them. Mm, definitely. That, that, that is, it's, it is powerful. And I think it speaks back to the, to the, the importance of the individual experience rather than grouping, grouping people together. It's all individual. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, it sounds like one, 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 the work you do with one patient is going to be almost completely different from the work you do with another, another patient. It's all unique. That's yeah. right. Wow. So I'm also wondering, aside from healthcare centers, because we've talked a lot about kind of like patient care in particular, uh-huh. um, what other settings um, do you think music therapy would be beneficial in, or maybe is already being applied to beyond hospitals? Like I'm thinking um, how helpful it would be to have music therapy in the context of schools, like elementary schools or preschools even, um, or even in the workplace. Um, and I'm sure yes. there are a bunch of other places where it would be so helpful. So has that been implemented? If not, what is what is the future of music therapy look like for where it is? Uh, yes, well, you're absolutely right in identifying um, children. There are children with with learning issues that um, are challenging, and somehow music is able to. Uh, well, not rewire the brain, but somehow um, offer a, a different way of learning. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a good bit of data with children on the autism spectrum, for instance, and how they use music to develop communication skills and daily living skills and even academic skills, learning through little songs and and creating um, music themselves is teaching them so much. Um, it's like incidental learning, but it it can work nevertheless. Mm-hmm. So uh, children on the autism spectrum and children with developmental delays um, can benefit quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and children with sensory problems, um, hearing and and uh, seeing. Um, can can also benefit from yeah. music therapy. And, and you, when yes. uh, when when that when children are receiving music therapy, is it normally in the context of um, of a hospital or treatment center? What is the where what facilities is music therapy being introduced to aside from 
aside from just healthcare centers or hospitals? Yeah, well, schools can refer children. And in fact, um, children with um, with special needs mm-hmm. have access to an IEP process, the Individualized Education Plan. And often music therapy is written into the plan because uh, the child has been assessed mm-hmm. and it's determined that uh, the child is very responsive to music mm-hmm. or is, can learn. So for instance, in an assessment, I might have you remember a series of numbers Mm-hmm. And then I would sing those numbers and have you sing them back and mm-hmm. see if if that's right either um, uh, an advantage or a disadvantage to having the child um, recall those numbers. So there there is evidence that um, can determine whether music therapy should be part of a child's plan. Yeah. And, um, and so, the music therapist will be called in probably as a consultant mm-hmm. uh, or to work with the family mm-hmm. or to work with the teachers in the school setting. Right. That That is really interesting. And I think it. I, I'm, I'm also thinking about how powerful music therapy would be for children who are nonverbal or children who are, who are not even yet at the talking stage. Um, because like we were talking about earlier, music is such a such a powerful nonverbal therapy as opposed mm-hmm. to other therapies that would involve um that would involve tasks that a lot of people wouldn't be able to carry out. Exactly. And those those things are um, using a different part of the brain and sort of circumvent uh, issues. In fact, with, with brain injury, um, music can affect a certain part of the brain that is still intact. And that's part of what's going on with people who respond to music so so actively, mm-hmm. so responsively, um, who are not responsive to the rest of the environment and the rest of the world around them. Right. I, I think while we're on the topic of um, kind of the, the universally healing power of music, I am also curious to hear more about the work you've done in other countries, because I know mm-hmm. in the course that I took with you, it was so interesting to to learn about all of the non-Western practices. And you, you did interviews or, or talk, you inserted little video segments of um, of things you've learned in other countries or songs you you have you you still hold with you from from your travels and so um, yeah. wondering does music therapy look different or play a different role in other countries and also um, what have you taught in the other countries you've gone to and what have you learned from the countries that you visited? Mm. Well, this is a large question because the is. world is a large place. It is, <laughs> and, and each culture brings uh, a different approach to things. So. Um, so indeed, it's really um, a, a very different view of music in different countries. Mm-hmm. So many countries outside of uh, the U.S. Um, have music as part of their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are dances in the park every day. Mm-hmm. There are morning singing in the in the common ground mm-hmm. uh, in a in a country where there's a little uh, community or town gathering place and music is used in in welcoming people and and it's just more a part of society Mm -hmm. um in the west we're taught to be audience members (laughs) (laughs) and to be performers right 
and there isn't as much community music going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much a part of so many cultures that people don't really understand music therapy. Mm. Do we need therapy? Therapy is also seen very differently in different cultures. Yeah. And so um, many, many places don't use the word music therapy, mm. but they are definitely using music as an intervention mm. to meet some therapeutic goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. When you've gone to when you've gone to these other countries, what kind of what aspects of their music culture have you taken back and applied to your own life? Because I'm sure it's been so impactful mm -hmm. to learn about all of the different traditions around the world, as well as the way that music is used in much more of a communal way. Well, I, it it really is. Um, I, I again um, have been gifted many different musical instruments mm -hmm. from different places, and I cherish them. I I have to be very careful. I'm not appropriating them. Right. in work because uh, I love instruments like the Native American flute. Mm -hmm. And um, and this is a, a music that is uh, so much a part of um, Native American ways of living and sacred ceremonies and rituals. And so um, when I when I use this, I am really, trying to infuse my intention with the purpose of the instrument, why this instrument was crafted and how this instrument was crafted with natural wood mm -hmm. and with the um, craftsmanship of an indigenous person mm -hmm. and, um, and the totem mm -hmm. that comes with the Native American flute is very precious and very sacred. And so I I have concerns that I'm appropriating the, these things, but I I hope that because my intention is for a healing process and to help people through, and that I I pay homage to the creator of the flute uh, and the a person who sold it to me who taught me uh, to play. That's real. That's. That that makes a lot of sense. It's it's again. It's it's it always surprises me how many considerations there are that you don't even think about when you're first, you know, to someone who's who knows very very little about music therapy compared to you. It is really interesting how much how much knowledge and how 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 much you have to be cautious of that you that you don't you don't realize before beforehand. Um, I have another question about um, the Berkeley online class that I was so fortunate to be a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you designed that course and that it, it was a it was a fairly fairly recent um how, how long have you been teaching that course for actually yes many years so many maybe years. six or seven years i think okay well not fairly recent um but i am wondering because you did design it um how would you say that the curriculum has changed over the years and what was the, what was the original process of creating a course because that in and, in and of itself is such a such a unique experience and then how does it how do you decide um where you take it and how it evolves over the years. Well, once again, it's it's evolving with the needs and interests of the students who take it. <laughs> and um, and originally, I uh, again had such great fortune to be working with animators mm -hmm. and course designers mm -hmm. and um, people who had great expertise in developing something online. 
mind that would be interactive and that would be intimate and would would be clear enough so that I didn't have to be standing in front of of the students to instruct them in how to use this technique exactly and how to do this assignment. So um, the the course is is mine, yes, but it involved a village Mm -hmm. (laughs) to develop the course and to make it uh, accessible and uh, and as popular um, as it is. I have a a course on Coursera, mm-hmm. which is a, a MOOC, massive open online course, and um, and it's a free course. And I believe there were thirty eight thousand oh students. Oh my gosh! In that class, it's just uh, remarkable that people are interested. This is music for wellness. Uh, we didn't we didn't mention that, um, but that people have an intuitive sense that music can help them in their everyday lives and maybe when they're suffering. Um, and so uh, this has been extremely popular. And now my Berkeley Online class is a college class for credit. Um, and so um, there's, a, there's a tremendous interest. And I'm, I'm um, finding that all I really need to do, because the techniques that are effective are tried and true. Right. Not changing much. Mm-hmm. What changes is the recent evidence mm-hmm. and the understanding mm-hmm. of how these techniques are effective, why this is happening, and how this relates to other things in the person's uh, experience uh, and what's going on in their minds, in their bodies, in their spirits and how it's all integrated. But the techniques are actually pretty tried and true. Mm 